Life is hard, and then you die. False. Life is a gift we were created to enjoy, especially when things are difficult and overwhelming. And this isn't wishful thinking and ignoring reality or choosing to look on the bright side of life. No, it is something that is real and deep. It's something we can all discover, enjoy, and share together when we practice the art of following Jesus. So let's talk about it together. If there's a God, then we can say with certainty that God wants us to enjoy our lives. Think about it. If he created us and he created everything around us, however he did that, then he created us with a capacity to enjoy. Like he, he gave us eyes that can see so many different colors and then he made a colorful world. He gave us taste buds and then made delicious food. He made flowers that smell good and then gave us noses that are able to smell them. He created babies' laughs and gave us ears to hear them. Shoot, he created fermentation. And he gave us hearts that need others. And he gave us family and friends that we can enjoy. He created good things for us and then created us with the ability to enjoy them. And in that enjoyment, experience happiness and joy. Like, that is amazing. But often, we miss it. Why? Because life is hard. And we have so much to do and, and so much to worry about. But we also miss it because of how we tend to view our lives. See, we, we see our lives as like a journey, right? Of, of happy hills and dark valleys, happy hills and dark valleys. And we try to stay up on those happy hills as long as possible and hope to have as many hills in our life as we can. But when we're on that hill, we know that inevitably, any moment, we're going to go crashing down into those dark, dark valleys. And if we think about that too much, we can't even enjoy our hill moments, right? But you know what? Our lives aren't compartmentalized into either highs or low times. In reality, life is like riding a train. Out one side of the train are like all the good things that we experience. And out the other side of the train are hard, difficult things that we experience. And they're all coming at us at the same time. So there really aren't like good days and bad days. There are days. And as King David wrote in Psalm 118, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. But how do we actually do that? Like we just look out the happy window and pretend things are okay, or we just focus on the good and ignore the bad, or you know, just pretend to be tough and that the bad isn't as bad as it really is. No, that's, that's not even healthy. No, we find joy in every day by purposely practicing worship and celebration every day. There's an ancient passage in the Jewish scriptures that has, helped and sh that has helped shape and transform the people of God for thousands of years. It's called the Book of Psalms. And the Book of Psalms has always been the songbook of God's people. It's always been used as the prayers of God's people. And for millennia, it's been used as a guide to help finite humans express our thoughts and feelings to our infinite God. And these songs, these poems, cover a whole range of human emotions and experiences like the good, the bad, the happy, the angry, the confused, the triumphant. And in Psalm 145, King David, you know, David and Goliath, shows us how practicing worship and celebration actually lets us experience the full life Jesus offers. I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Like, if that's not an expression of worship, I've never heard one, right? 
But the question is, like, what is worship? Dallas Willard, the, the theologian, the teacher, said, In worship, we engage ourselves with and dwell upon and express the greatness, beauty, and goodness of God through thought, the use of words, rituals, and symbols. Worship is to see God as worthy, to ascribe great worth to him. And so this, this worship can be done alone. It can be done with others. For Jesus followers, it's primarily focused on Jesus, our King, our Master, our Savior, God in the flesh. And when we worship God, we're filling our minds and our hearts with wonder at who God truly is. It can be done through music, but it can also be so much more than just singing. It can be written, it can be spoken, it can be our thoughts, it can be poetry and art and dance and our, our crafting, even architecture, right? The great cathedrals in Europe were made to draw the eye up to God and give the worshipers a sense of wonder at who God is. Sometimes worship can bring an emotional experience, and other times it's really more of a factual statement and experience. Sometimes it's a knee-jerk reaction of, God, you're awesome, like the word hallelujah that we sing a lot in our songs. It's, it's a Hebrew word. It's a, it's a compound word, right? Hallel, meaning praise, and yah, meaning God. Hallelujah, praise God. Other times, this worship can be thought out and planned. But right off the bat, this question always comes, why do we worship? Like, why should we worship? And, you know, most Christians for, for centuries have believed that the Psalms were inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, meaning God's telling us to tell him how awesome he is. Like, what's up with that? Is God like this narcissist that needs all the attention on him? Or is he insecure and needs to be reminded about how great he is because, oh, please tell me how good I am? Or is he like trying to make sure that we realize how small we are and how big he is just to make sure we stay in our place? Like, that would be a lame God who really wouldn't deserve any worship, right? No, God, listen, God doesn't need our worship. He was fine without it since before the beginning of time. Worship isn't for God. It's for us. Let me read a little bit more of this psalm, and you tell me who gets the most out of worship. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wondrous miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your rule throughout all, you rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. See, life is hard. And we have real problems that often that we are that are often completely out of our control and are really too large for us to do anything about but instead of leaving us to despair and worry and go like what are we going to do god gives us the ability to worship when we worship we are reminding ourselves of how great and powerful and loving our heavenly father really is so god tells us to worship him because through worship we can remember that he has everything under control 
He sees us. He knows us. He loves us. He cares for us. And he proved it by coming and living with us and then dying and rising again for us. There is nothing and no one that is out of his view or out of his love. He isn't waiting to punish us. He died to forgive us, to restore us, to heal us, and to strengthen us. Author and professor James Bryan Smith said, Religion is the human search for God. Christianity is God's search for humans. We do not worship so much as we respond. We're responding to the greatness and goodness of God. And worship allows us to rise above our daily fears and worries by putting them in their proper perspective. Worship allows us to put our problems in their proper perspective. Worship gives us the strength and the courage to stare our problems in their slimy, scaly, scary, ugly faces and say, my father is bigger than you are and he loves me. There's nothing you can do to take me away from him. Like think about the the peace and the confidence and the joy we could find by creating a rhythm of worship like this. Like if every day when we woke up, we reminded ourselves of the love of God to give us just another day of breath, of ruach. When, like if we were making breakfast, we were reminded of the generosity of God to give us our, our daily food. And when, when we were driving to work or even cleaning the house or, or mowing the lawn, we were able to praise God for his care in giving us the ability to work and clean and mow. Like we could go on and on of the ways and the times we could worship God and be reminded of his goodness and greatness. Like what fears would be able to overwhelm us if we were constantly being reminded of how strong and loving and involved God is with our lives? You want to grow your faith? You want to know Jesus more? Then start worshiping. Whether it's through music or poetry or dance or workmanship or whether it's out loud or silent or alone or with others. And when we do, it will lead to probably one of the most important and overlooked practices in the art of following Jesus. Celebration. See, when we truly worship God for who he is, we can't help but celebrate the life he has given us. If we trust that God cares for us and loves us, and that he has everything under control, then we don't have to worry about what, what might or, or could be taken away someday, which means we are free to enjoy all the good things he has given us now. Celebration is an outpouring of the faith that is developed in our worship. Because yes, yeah, life is hard. But we can trust it won't always be this way. And our Heavenly Father will take care of us. Look, the eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. Dallas Willard also said, We engage in celebration when we enjoy ourselves, our life, our world, in conjunction with our faith and confidence in God's greatness, beauty, and goodness. When we are practicing celebration, we are on the lookout for all the good things God has given us. And then we purposely choose to enjoy them, whether it's food or drink or our friends or our health or our spouse or a house or maybe a property or, or nature or our favorite clothes or, or good coffee. Maybe it's games you love to play, music you love to listen to, movies you love to watch that stir your soul, books you love to read, hobbies and skills that you enjoy. Like We can go on and on. When my dad skis, he says that uh, he feels God's pleasure and he feels gratitude that God allows him to enjoy what God created. And you might be thinking, what? That sounds so, what does it sound like? What? Unproductive? Selfish? Sinful? 
irreligious. You know why it seems like that? Because we've seen this done wrong all our lives. In fact, doing this celebration wrong permeates our culture. We've been taught to enjoy these as a distraction from real life or as status symbols or as an act of worshiping ourselves and our, our pleasure and our luxury, which only makes these gifts really ultimately feel empty. And we constantly need more and we constantly need something better, right? But there is a better way, the Jesus way. See, we can enjoy the big and small things God has given us as a thank you and even as, as worship to him. We can contently and fully enjoy, enjoy the good and perfect gifts we have received from God. In fact, Jesus' little brother James wrote, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. See, we enjoy what we've been given, not to distract ourselves from our problems, but to celebrate how good and generous our Heavenly Father is. Enjoying what God has given us is a huge sign that we are truly trusting God and that we are secure in his love for us. See, if following Jesus doesn't lead you to enjoy your life, you're doing it wrong. And I think this is something the church, the universal church, has really forgotten. I think that's why Christians, especially in our country, have the reputation of being stuffy and boring and, and miserable. Because we've forgotten that God has given us good things because he loves us and wants us to enjoy them. See, it's been God's heart from the beginning. Even in, in Israel's earliest laws, God made rules to make sure his people celebrated what he gave them. You must set aside a tithe of your crops, one-tenth of all the crops you harvest each year. Bring this tithe to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored, and eat it there in his presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn males of your flocks and herds. Doing this will teach you always to fear the Lord your God. Now, when the Lord your God blesses you with a good harvest, the place of worship he chooses for his name to be honored might be too far for you to bring the tithe. If so, you may sell the tithe portion of your crops and herds, put the money in a pouch, and go to the place the Lord your God has chosen. When you arrive, you may use the money to buy any kind of food you want, cattle, sheep, goats, wine, or other alcoholic drink. Then feast there in the presence of the Lord your God and celebrate with your household. And he ain't talking about grape juice there, guys. Like, obviously, he's not saying get plastered, but enjoy what God has created. Like, now do you see why when God came to earth as a human, he was accused of being a glutton and a drunk? Jesus didn't overeat and he didn't get wasted, but he thoroughly enjoyed what he had created because, as he said in the very beginning, it is good. God's heart is a heart of celebration. That's why he created good things for us. And how lame would it be for someone like to give you a gift and then not want you to enjoy it? Or for them to give you a gift and you refuse to enjoy it? Now imagine if Jesus followers were known for how much we enjoyed life. What if we were able to show people the true joys of life? What if we learned to be examples of God's true love by choosing to enjoy everything he has given us? A person full of worship and celebration brings joy everywhere they go. Next to loving our neighbor, it's actually like the, one of the main ways we let our light shine. Because then people start asking questions, wanting to know how they can have what you have. Okay, but like, what if I'm not feeling it? 
In fact, what if I'm facing more than just some minor inconvenience? Like life is real hard and there's some real problems. Nowhere does Jesus say, just fake it or just try really, really hard to be happy and ignore the pain. So what do we do? Well, first we need to acknowledge reality. Like name what is hurting you. Mourn it. What, what are you mourning? And then lament. Allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. Don't push those feelings away. Accept them and invite God into them with you. Tell him how you feel. And then find at least one thing. Maybe it's just one a day. Maybe it might take some time. Find one thing that God has done for you. What One thing God is doing for you. And then just simply thank him for it. In fact, if that's where you're at, I recommend reading Psalm 77, reading it a whole bunch of times. Here's just a little bit of what it says. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long, I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think what I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. And then it goes on. But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. See, in our, in our mourning, in our lamenting, there's always a but God somewhere in there. It might take time to get to that but God, but it's always there. Now, if you're not facing something like that right now, then now is a good time to practice so that in the future, this worship and celebration will become second nature even when it seems that both sides of that train are shadowed by pain and loss. So how do we practice this? It's actually not that complicated. First, uh, make, maybe make it a practice of reading Revelation 5, 11 through 14. Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders, and they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the sea and in the sea, they sang. Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the lamb. Like read that and join the eternal worship of the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then throughout your day, Thank God for who he is and, and thank him for what he has done and is doing for you. Just say thank you for like this house. Thank you for this food. Thank you for this car, whatever it is. Like what has come from him that you are thankful for? And then choose to enjoy what he has given you. Take time to enjoy that sip of coffee. Take time to wear your favorite clothes. Take time to enjoy that shower or that bath. Hug your spouse or your kids. Call a friend and enjoy that friendship. Play a game. Go outside and take a deep breath. What brings you joy? In honor of the one who gave you that gift? Go enjoy it. God created us with a capacity for joy. He wants us to be happy and he knows that the best and most lasting way for us to experience the life of joy is to have a life full of worship that leads to celebration. Even in our darkest times, we can discover peace and joy and hope. And someday, when we are eating and drinking and laughing and talking with Jesus face to face, everything we do will come out of worship and celebration. So let's start practicing now and invite others into that worshiping and that celebrating and enjoying all the good gifts he has given us. Because true joy 
comes from seeing how great God is and enjoying how good he has been to us. You found us online, on the YouTubes, or on the podcast, or through our Instagram or Facebook channels. We're so glad you did, and we would love to know that you've been tuning in, even if this is your first time. You can use our welcome form on the webpage. It's super easy, and you can only share whatever information you feel like sharing, and it's just a great way to ask questions, or ask for prayer, or get a free Bible. Um, let us know what you need, and we'd love to start a conversation with you. So the welcome form is an easy way, yourcrosscreek.com slash welcome. If you're in Salem locally, we meet at 4.30 on Sundays. We'd love to see you in person uh, whenever you can make it. And there's information on the website about our location and any frequently asked questions you might have. Um, we also have small groups that meet in person. So if you've been watching online or visiting us in person for a while and haven't joined a connect group, uh, it's really easy to get information about that or just sign up yourcrosscreek.com slash connect. Thanks again for watching or listening on the podcast and we'll see you next week.